Do you remember your first rated R movie? How about a movie you watched at a friend's house because you weren't allowed to watch it on your own? And let's not forget the movies you watched so many times you had them memorized. Well, these are the topics of today. Movies. And they're all from the 90s because that's when we, the two Monicas, were adolescents. Hi, I'm Monica, one of two Monicas and a microphone. And I'm the other Monica. And we talk about nothing serious seriously. We provide real, relatable entertainment for you on a weekly basis. Join us to laugh, have fun, and reminisce about movies from the 90s. Okay, Monica, the first thing we're going to talk about is movies on repeat. Do you have any? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, as a middle schooler, it was Troop Beverly Hills and Girls Just Wanna Have Fun along with Beaches. Then in high school, I watched The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Tombstone, Gidget, and Mission Impossible. And then we move on to the college years where I had a TV and a VCR in my room. Yeah, high tech. Whoa. <laughs> and then I roomed with my cousin and one of our favorite things to do when we were kids was watch movies. So we just continued that as roommates with Dazed and Confused, Hope Floats, Scream, and very, very randomly, Can't Hardly Wait, every single night. It was one of those movies every single night. That is so fun. I had no idea you and Amanda did that every night. Um, well, I too have a couple of movies that I watched on repeat, but not until college. It was basically two movies. Legends of the Fall and The oh. Princess Bride. Watched you must be the one who introduced me to both of those and watching them over and over again. Oh, I'm pretty sure I was because I lived with Melissa and she had like the all-in-one TV VCR thing. And I, I don't know, she she had a boyfriend, I think, or something. And I was in the room <laughs> at night by myself and I'd just pop one in. And I fell asleep to one for one semester and the other for the other semester. Yeah, exactly. That's what Amanda and I did with Days and Confused and that whole list I gave you earlier. Yeah. So before college, it was Footloose anytime it was on TV. Just fantastic movie. And I happened to ask Paul if he had any movies that he watched on repeat. And shocker, it's anything with Steven Seagal, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When I read that earlier in the notes, I did almost laugh. I thought, oh, Paul, how perfect. How perfect. It's so <laughs> Paul. It's so Paul. It is. It's so Paul, but it was teenage Paul, which is pretty funny too when you think about that. Little baby Paul. Now, little baby Zach loved The Crow and Blade. <laughs> I know. I still cannot imagine my husband enjoying either one of these movies. Yeah. But his favorites, all time favorites from adolescence. Oh my gosh. And then all of this research had me thinking about Joan, remember, from Across the Oh Hall. yeah. And yeah. Clueless. And she watched Clueless, I'm pretty sure, every day of freshman year. Every she single did. day. It was great. Oh, the <laughs> 90s. Oh, the 90s. Well, today we're talking about not only movies from the 90s, but coming of age movies. And part of that is how you came of age. And part of that is the movies that brought you to age. One memory that comes to my mind is movies that I had to watch at a friend's house. And I've already mentioned this in another episode. I can't remember which one, but it was Dirty Dancing because no way was my mom going to let me watch Dirty Dancing. I mean, they talk Same. about scandalous things. 
They talk about scandalous things. They do scandalous things. I understand why my mother didn't let me as a 10-year-old watch that movie. Right. Uh, Now, I did, however, watch it at Amanda's house because Aunt Susie had it. Now, she was an adult, right? And she had it on VHS. But Amanda and I watched it because a babysitter put it on. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And we watched it. I don't think she knew we were watching it. We were in the back of the of the dining room and she was in the front living room and we were peeking around the piano. <laughs> I want to say that I was visiting my family in Texas and my mom has many sisters and three of them were at the house and they wanted to watch a couple of movies. I want to say that one of them, it wasn't dirty dancing, but it was something else that was like R-rated. And they would just cover our eyes. <laughs> oh, gosh. How funny. You know, I totally remember that. One of the movies was The Untouchables. And yeah, oh, they I'm- would definitely cover, <laughs> cover our eyes. Well, my best friend from middle school, I, I'm sure that I watched a lot of movies at her house because they had a, a bigger library of VHS. And she had an older sister. So she had older mm. content. So let's get into the real meat of today's episode, which is the coming of age movies. I remember this first one vividly because the ending just rocked me. My Girl from 1991. So, I mean, you've got young Macaulay Culkin. You've got Anna Chalumsky. Chumsky? Sure. I don't know <laughs> she, what she's done since then, so I haven't kept up uh, with she her. Just did, she just did Inventing Anna or Inventing Anna on Netflix. Uh, she took a huge long break from acting. Chlumsky. There we go. Apologize. But it was such a breakout movie for both of them. I mean, obviously, Macaulay Culkin had Home Alone before that. For her, it was a breakout role. And it was so unexpectedly sad. And it was the first movie that really, I was like, oh my God, that came out of left field. Yeah. When he got stung by all the bees, I just thought, oh, he's going to get stung by bees and she'll go visit him in the hospital. Walking down the street, singing Beta. Dad? I'm embalming my high school teacher. Don't sing. That's my best friend, Veda Saltenfuss. Most of the girls don't appreciate her. I always surround myself with people who I find intellectually stimulating. <laughs> a lot of the guys are a little afraid of her. Okay, lean forward. <laughs> but she's more- <laughs> This summer, though, things are changing for everyone. Have you ever kissed anyone? No. Her father just found someone. I'm going out with Shelly. I'm very nervous. Since the last time you dated, something happened. The sexual revolution. Good at kissing and dancing. I'm very optimistic. Aw. just lost to marbles. It's quarter to three. No wonder Vader's acting so funny. What we're going to do is send our vibes out into the group. Feel my aura. I don't think I'm allowed to. (laughs) I remember thinking how old they felt. And now they're like tiny babies. Oh, my goodness. So sweet. Now, what I remember the most from (laughs) this movie to this day is when she gets her period And then she yells at him to go away for five to seven days. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that, but that's priceless. I do. That's what I tell Paul. 
<laughs> yeah. I so felt her as a girl who got her period in between fifth and sixth grade, <laughs> being so little and having to deal with that. And I was like, yes, exactly. Yeah. I like that it they were in the funeral home was also her home. Uh, mm -hmm. Now where I grew up, I don't see that as often, but up here in the Midwest, I noticed that happens a lot that people actually live in the funeral parlor still to this day. There yes. is a lot of things that I, I just I loved that movie. And I forgot that it had Macaulay Culkin narrating it though. Oh, was that just for yeah. the No, sure. I think, I think he narrates through the whole thing. Which is why you wouldn't think he would die. Why did you spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it? Helen? Well, I am sorry. If you haven't seen it since 1991, that's on you. <laughs> Let's move on to one movie that my aunts forced me to watch because they're like, Hey, you look just like Reese Witherspoon, but a brunette it's man in the moon. And it stars Reese Witherspoon, a very young, she was probably 12. By the time I saw it, she was probably 13 and I was 12 because she's about a year mm -hmm. older than I am. And one of the London brothers, either Jeremy or the other one. Jason, I think. <laughs> Jason, yes, I think you're right. Yeah, it's so touching. It's about a young girl who's an adolescent and she has a crush on a boy and he's older. For him, it's just innocent. And he thinks of her maybe as a little sister. But mm -hmm. for her, it's everything she could imagine. Like she could imagine being in a relationship with him. Yeah. Did you ever have that as a little girl as like, I'm thinking around Lillian's age, you know, 11, right. 12. I did. I'll never forget him either. And his name was Jason. And I just thought I could definitely have a relationship with this high schooler for some silly, silly reason. But then just like in my girl, there's tragedy. And I'm not no. going to spoil it because it's such a wonderful movie. If you haven't seen it. Okay. Well, I might have to put that on the list for Lillian and I. It'll be. Yeah. We have not watched anything but kids movies. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I think it'd be cool to watch something that's not a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then we come to Now and Then. And Monica, you said you haven't seen this movie. I have not. I'm familiar with the movie. Mm -hmm. it's, I never saw it. I don't know why it just didn't look like something I wanted to see. Maybe because they get older, isn't it? Aren't they older than they look back from when they were girls? Or maybe it's because they never had friends. I don't know. Basically flashbacks between the older women and then when they're friends as younger women. So it stars Christina Ricci. But for the adults, it's Demi Moore, Melanie Griffith, Rosie O'Donnell, and Rita Wilson. And they remember their friendships from a summer that impacted their lives. What's the next one, Monica? Well, up next is Joan from College's favorite, probably your favorite, my favorite, every girl from the 90s favorite for the most part. <laughs> and that is Clueless, which is actually a take on Jane Austen's Emma. This movie never gets old. I loved it. I'm like you. I can never get tired of it. I loved the fashions. I was the fashions. What's funny is I already dressed like that. So for me, it was like, oh, I have that outfit, you know, and nobody else at school dressed like that. So I was always made fun of, but whatever. Now yeah. all of you people get to talk about how you didn't dress like Clueless and I get to say I did. Yeah, I think one of the great things, and obviously it's from Jane Austen's Emma, but I love how Cher was a little vapid, but she was also really sweet and had a kind heart. And she actually had a great character arc. 
I mean, this is a movie for the ages, and I think that it was definitely very pop culture of the time, but I also think that it speaks to being a teenager in the 90s. For sure. I mean, although I didn't have a cell phone or <laughs> dress like well, that. Well, those were really rich people. Yes, Nobody had a cell phone. I mean, yeah, that was kind of part of it. What would it be like to be a teen in Beverly Hills? You know, oh, and the shopping, all of the shopping and all closet. of the shopping. I was just so envious of their life. I was too. And she had that closet and then she would take Polaroid pictures and she had, she a was the first Instagrammer stuff. She really was. She was great. Cher was great. Um, she would help out when there was disaster relief. She's good. She's great. Yeah. And she read one non-school book a week. And to this day, I'm like, dang, I am still not as with it as Cher. From <laughs> Let's move on to 10 Things I Hate About You, which premiered in 1999. And it's based on Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. And yeah, I've never he, seen it. Oh my God, what? You need to watch it. Oh, it's, it's so good. And Taming of the Shrew, I've seen the original also really great, but this just brought it into the nineties. You've got Heath Ledger. Why did you have to go? And Julia Stiles and the scene where she dances on the table to Biggie because she's at a house party and she drinks a little bit. Who's Biggie? Like, like, is that a character or is it Biggie, Biggie, Biggie? Can't. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to play the clip right now (laughs) because like, there's only one Biggie. Is is it she dancing to hypnotize because that is mine and Zach's song as well. <laughs> Here we go, friends. For anyone who doesn't remember the scene, which I was like, oh my God, I want to do that someday. Julia Stiles in her element. You know, she went to an Ivy League school. Is that a Sigma Chi party? <laughs> Certainly looks like it, but she's not on a speaker. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's on a table. I was never a Julia Stiles fan. <laughs> You're not fine. Are they in high school or college? They're in high school. Oh, I never went okay. to a party like that in high school. <laughs> they do exist, especially where people had money, but... Kind of crazy. Back to our list now that we have reminisced just a little bit. And we come to Boys in the Hood from 1991. So might seem like an odd thing to throw in here, but since I did grow up in in Detroit, I feel like I need to mention it because it was very poignant. My best friend at the time, she's she's black. Um, her name's Kayara, and it blew her mind when she watched it. She had an older brother. So he was in high school and he was able to watch it. And so she saw it when she was like 13. For some reason, it changed her life. And I can understand why. They lived more in the city than than I did, even though we both lived in Detroit. And to quote A Taste of Cinema, it's a stark look at Black violence. We follow a young boy living with his father, elegantly played by a strong, touching Lawrence Fishburne. He teaches his son about violence and responsibility, which forever hangs over his head as he pursues gang life. A career maker for Ice Cube and Cuba Gooding Jr. And here's another perfect quote. Unless the cycle of racism and Black-on-Black violence ends, there is little hope for ghetto-born African-American families. 
A tough question to answer, the film incredibly shows this world without apologies. The children's drawings of what they see in their neighborhood are almost enough to illustrate the film's haunting point. I know it's on the list of Zach's favorite movies from his adolescence, though. It illustrates the point that is ongoing places like Mm -hmm. Chicago, L.A. Okay, Monica, I do think that all that is still definitely relevant today. But don't forget, this is a podcast about nothing serious. Seriously. Very true. (laughs) Um, It doesn't mean that we don't care about the things going on out in the world. It just means that everything has a time and a place. But right now, the time and place is a little effort break. So we're going to hear from one of our legacy sponsors. Monica, I know you love travel and so do I. What I hate about traveling though is all the planning details. I took a trip to Nashville and it was like agony to find every place to eat and the hotel and everything. Well, Monica, you know you don't have to do all that planning, right? You can just book a vacation package with our good friend, Chris. She's a travel concierge. A travel concierge? I mean, what is that? You just give her your budget and your destination and she does everything. Will she book my flights in the vacation package? Sure thing. And hotels? Absolutely. Can she find activities for the kids? Definitely. Can she book Paul and I dinner reservations? Oh my goodness, Monica, she has chartered yachts for people. So I am confident that she can find the two of you the perfect restaurant. Well, you had me at yacht because that's on Paul and I's bucket list. And if I remember correctly, she said she does bucket lists. Yes, she does. She does bucket lists. She does family vacations. She does anniversaries. And she does this really cute, take your grandma to the last place on her bucket list. Oh my gosh. I had no idea that she did it all. Well, everything sounds heavenly. Is there a fee? No, there isn't one. It's all part of the concierge package. So friends, if you want to plan a spectacular vacation without all the hassle, then contact Chris on Instagram at Travel with Grace and Joy and click on the link in her bio for more information. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of a series, episode, or season, email us at contact at twomonicaspodcast.com and that's with the number two back to the show so what do we have next we have she's all that from 1999 which is actually based off of george bernard shaw's play pygmalion oh i love that it's also a movie or a musical with audrey hepburn It's been done over and over again. Basically, the ugly duckling concept, or what girls today call it, a glow up. (laughs) Ah, I love that. Yeah, I do too. I kind of think that's cute. That's Um, super cute. Instead of ugly duckling, it's a glow up. Yeah, it's a glow up. Yeah. Well, that's Freddie Prince Jr. Mm, So cute. He was and is still pretty cute. He was such a cutie pie back in the 90s and all of the little roles that he played. Yes. Uh, Whenever I watched She's All That, I remember thinking uh, she's not all that. Like, I don't know. I was Oh, she's kind of adorbs. I guess. I guess. But what we're going to do right now is we are going to watch the trailer and have a good laugh at our 90s selves. When I came across this trailer, I was laughing in my chair so hard I couldn't handle it. Monica, do you mind doing the honors? No, I don't. I don't mind. Here we go. 
Miramax. Tyler had it all. How's it going, man? President of his class, captain of the team, and dating the most popular that. girl in school. Until she went on spring break. So I've been dancing for maybe five minutes, right? And that's when it happened. I'm Brock Hudson! Brock is from the real world. Like the TV show, okay? But they kicked him out of the house. My condolences go out to Zach. Oh my god! Look who it is! <laughs> In order to save his reputation, he's taken on an impossible bet. I'll pick the girl. And you got six weeks to turn- Oh my god, look who it is! Fast and Furious! Yeah, Paul Walker. Yeah, Paul He's Walker. He's so dreamy. Maybe you'd want to embarrass me horribly in front of all these people. <laughs> so who's the lucky rebound girl? She kind of blew me off. I like her already. Was this some kind of new dork outreach program? Find out where she hangs out. <gasps> oh, <my God. laughs> oh my god. Monica. I mean, I'm so sure she wears overalls and frump a dump, and then she goes to the beach and has like a rock and body. Rock and body. I'm like, whatever. I don't believe that crap. You. Am I a bet? Am I a stupid bet? This is one concert. She's not cute though. Sorry. Get ready for the film. Oh, and the the choreographed dance. I thought that was a new thing, but it was then. Oh, that was awesome. Usher. <laughs> I can't believe they used Usher's last name. Like he still had a first and a last name at that time. <laughs> yeah, Usher Raymond. I didn't even know he had a last name. <laughs> Me either. Oh my God, that is epic. And friends, we will have all of these clips in the show notes if you need a trip down memory lane and you don't want to spend a whole night watching the movies. Yeah, that's been the fun part of planning this today. <laughs> So fun, so fun. Okay, Monica, so we have to move on to another great 1999 movie that was just quintessential 90s teenagers. I mean, it's tongue-in-cheek if you ask me, but it's called Can't Hardly Wait, and that's one of the ones that Amanda and I would fall asleep to. And it stars Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I always liked her. Sorry, not sorry. I've had my moments of loving and hating her. Love hate. I get I get why people hate her. Totally. <laughs> she does a lot of <laughs> acting, but I Party like of Five. Okay. So I loved <laughs> yeah. Party of Five. And I never watched that. Very interesting. Mm. Very it was a big deal in college. Think everybody's watching it. Anyway, all right. Now here's the synopsis from IMDB, which is my favorite place to go for everything to do with movies and entertainment. So this is what they say about it. It's a complete graduating class consisting of beautiful girls, geeks, and promising footballers. They assemble at a rich classmate's residence for a party. Interesting developments follow at the get-together. <laughs> Interesting so, developments. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Interesting developments. Way to go there. Great writing. Skills. So what, ha- what so, happens? Because I can't remember. Yeah, so the main storyline is that this guy, just a regular guy, not necessarily like he's a nerd geek or anything like that, but just a regular guy finally gets the chance to go after the girl he's had a crush on since middle school because she broke up with her boyfriend because they're going to separate colleges. So basically, Uh, rom-com drama ensues. That's the basics of it. So while I may have watched it on repeat, I had not watched it for decades. So I looked it up for a little refresher. And Monica, like, could 
not stop laughing at these actor credits. And I'm just going to read them for you. And this will give you a little insight to how the movie went. Keg guy, stoner guy, beer drinker, <laughs> klepto kid, ready whip kid, gossipy girl, ready to have sex girl, and ready to have sex is friend. <laughs> she couldn't even get the billing of girl in red shirt. <laughs> oh my God. So those are some credits. Could you imagine having that on your IMDb? Yeah. And that is literally on people's IMDb. I was laughing. And then I, I, we I don't even have an IMDb yet, so I shouldn't laugh. Let's so I was scrolling through the IMDb because there's so much on there. And I came across this little story. And I think this is why uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt was my spirit animal back then. So on the set of Making Can't Hardly Wait, she refused B12 vitamins that Melissa Joan Hart was taking on set for energy because she was convinced that they were drugs. I love it. That's so innocent. It is so innocent. I think that's what always drew me to her. Oh my gosh. She is a sweetheart. I, I don't know why I have a love-hate relationship with her, but I do. It's mostly love. <laughs> Maybe a little Monica, bit of envy. Yeah, for me, for sure. Now, Monica, I know you love the next one and it is really good. And we're going to take it all the way back to 1991 and tell us about this movie. I do love Christina Applegate and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. This one is great. Her parents go out of town. They have this really awful babysitter who's old. The babysitter ends up dying early on in the movie. And it's just all about how she, as a teenager, is able to take care of her and her brother. And they end well, up having a concert. They have to raise all this money to pay for stuff. It's great. It's great. Yeah, no, I, um, I did love the movie. I don't remember it. So I'm glad you were able to give a little synopsis. This next one, I do remember. It's School Ties from 1992. And I didn't see it in 1992. I probably saw it a few years later. For anyone who doesn't know, it's got an all-star cast featuring Brendan Fraser, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Chris O'Donnell. And they're at a private all-boys boarding school. It's a great movie for commentary on anti-Semitism, which still exists today. And it's a coming-of-age movie for for all sorts of kids. Yeah. And for boys, there's a lot of boys, coming yeah. of age movies for girls, but this is a coming of age movie for boys. I think that's important to mention. Which is probably why I never watched it because as we went through this list, every time, uh, multiple times when I've said I've never seen something, it's a coming of age movie for boys. <laughs> We're going to take a little break from our list of coming of age movies and talk about Movies that you snuck in to see. Do you have any, Monica? No. And now make the little halo angel sound. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fairy dust sprinkled on you. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I had to crowdsource some of the answers. And I started with Paul and he said probably some action movies. Okay. So he, he did grow up in Beverly Hills. And yes, I'm sure he snuck into some movies, even though he is an angel. Did he know any share people? Have you asked him about Clueless? He went to school with all the share people. So they were legit like, like that. Yeah. That's cool. Like okay. he went to Beverly Hills High School. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's yeah, no, I mean he he wasn't. There's he wasn't... where the loadies hang out on the lawn. There's the Persian mafia. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just having flashbacks to Clueless. Uh, but yeah, I'm 99% sure he went to school with Cher and all of her friends. <laughs> I should make him watch Clueless and see what his commentary is. <laughs> yes, I 
fully want to know his commentary on it. <laughs> yes. I did have to go to Facebook because I needed more than just Paul sneaking into action movies and me sneaking into Indecent Proposal and Pulp Fiction. I can see why you need to sneak into those, especially when you're like, what, 13? I'm not sure it happened when I was 13, but I know it happened. <laughs> like, I know it happened. I can see it vividly because the, the even the ticket person was like, hey, you have a haircut just like her. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But and at you 13, were 13 I probably when it came out. didn't have boobs. I probably didn't have boobs. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have them at 18 either. Nothing. <laughs> So I did crowdsource this and one of our friends, Michael J from college, he said his dad showed him Chinatown when he was six or seven and he blames everything about himself for better or worse on his father. (laughs) And the movie Chinatown. And then a friend of mine here from Florida, she snuck into the bodyguard and she got caught. So they sent her back to Aladdin. Which I think that's funny. (laughs) Plus, Aladdin was very good. So I hope that was her second showing of Aladdin because I would want to see the bodyguard more than Aladdin at this point, but I did love Aladdin. Our favorite Chris from college says he snuck in to see Reservoir Dogs, a movie that I could not finish when I saw it on DVD or VHS or whatever. I like stopped it. And he says that he's not sure the ticket taker was even 18. (laughs) That sounds about right. Another friend from college, Jim, says he didn't sneak in, but a friend's dad took him to see Full Metal Jacket when it was out. And he was 10. Yeah, that is not a movie. I could not talk about not being able to finish movies. Zach went through this phase where he tried to make me watch every movie he liked, and that ended quickly, and I did not make it far (laughs) into this movie. (laughs) So to quote Jim, he said, private piles, less than graceful exit, effed me up years. I have not ever seen this movie. And based on Jim's Mm -mm. recollection, I Mm -mm. probably will not. No, no. And no. Uh, A friend of mine from my old neighborhood in St. Louis said she snuck in to see Varsity Blues. Yeah, it was rated R. There's definitely a scene with boobs and whipped cream. I remember. I remember that. Okay. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. And then one of my new friends from my book club, Rebecca says she snuck in to see interview with a vampire because she had to check out Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. I mean, who can blame her? I don't blame her. I like checking them out so bad. We watched it twice in the same night. (laughs) So we're going to take a little break to ask for your help in getting the show out to new listeners. If you're enjoying this episode, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to write a review and share us with a friend you think would enjoy this episode also. If nostalgia is a subject you love, head on back to season one, starting on episode nine. And we have a few in that little chain that you can go back and listen to. That includes things like sneaking into the movies, watching movies at your friend's house in more depth than we talked about today. And we even talk a little bit about the prom and first dates. All right, back to the movies. 1994, we have Reality Bites. And I'm going to say yes to this all day long. In my mind, it's the epitome of the 90s. Um, You've got the grunge. You've got the scrapping for it. You've got the young adults living on their own. You have Ethan Hawke and Winona Ryder. 
And this is also the movie that introduced me to the violent femmes, which I talked about in American Music briefly. <laughs> I think that sometimes we think we saw things when we didn't. I don't know how that gets conflated. I know that I did not see this until after I was married and Zach, it was one of one of the movies that he really liked. So I watched it and I was like, oh yeah, that's enjoyable. I see why everyone liked it. But well, I mean, I think I, I was like, oh, I want to live on my own and I want to be doing my own thing. And yeah, I, yeah. I remember Winona Ryder's character. She, she, she was, she lost her job. She was lonely, depressed, all of that. So she starts calling the psychic hotline and she racks up <laughs> a huge bill. And the only thing her parents are paying for is a gas card or something. So she starts having people give her cash for the gas and she pays for it so she can pay off her phone bill so she can have a phone. I never knew she was in that movie. You know what I'm thinking of is Empire Records. Why did my brain? Whoa. Yeah, that's a great one. too. It's not even our, our list. Yeah. Also, I have not seen Reality Bites. Just that is I have not seen that. And I was conflating Empire Records. What is wrong? Dang, I did that with another movie earlier when we were planning. Aha. So disregard all my dumb comments. Okay. Well, um, Empire Records, you want to do a little Uh, blurb on that? And I I would like to retract that there's no way in H-E double hockey sticks that Reality Bites was a a favorite movie of my husband's. That makes a lot of sense now. And my Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, I'm like, but she wasn't even in there. And I was like, why not a writer? Oh, yeah. Anyway, why? So Empire Records, that was a coming of age film in 1995. And it had Liv Tyler in it and some other people. Oh, Renee Zellweger. But they all worked at a record store. And it was just, you kind of had the preppy. And then you had the Lodi and the crazy girl and the wild girl. Which Monica, is why don't we just girl. play the trailer? Yeah, because it's been a long time considering that didn't even pop on my radar. Let's just play the trailer. Just let me introduce you to everybody. Uh, this is uh, Gina, Roy. Lucas, AJ, the staff of Empire Records had the coolest jobs on earth. Do you think the story is already written? Or do you think a bold and courageous act can change the course of history? Something happened to me last night in Atlantic City. Did you win anything? No, I did not. But Lucas blew it. Everyone knew it. You want to buy Empire? That's a good thing, right? (laughs) The money is gone. Where's it going to? I think it's recirculating. We're turning us into a music town? I have to pay for what Mr. Brilliant here did. I'm the idiot, you're the screw-up, and we are all losers. Now, five friends have one day to decide what to do with the rest of their lives. AJ loves Corey, not the whole story. Today is the day that I'm gonna tell Corey how I feel about her. That I, uh... Love her. Yeah. Do you think that it's possible for someone to be in love with someone else and not even know it? In this life? There are nothing but possibilities. That is so sweet. I think I'm going to barf. Corey wants Rex first time at sex. Hey, Rex, what happened to your hair? I will offer myself to Rex Manning. Ah! I wish I could be brave, more brave. I have to bring Rex's lunch. Oh, my gosh. It takes me back. I just want to, like, have a movie day and just watch all of these movies now. (laughs) So good. I hope everyone else enjoyed that trip down memory lane. Because it wasn't in our list. But now we come to... Never Been Kissed, 1999. And Monica, this totally goes along with your Drew Barrymore minor obsession. 
Yes, but this is not one of my all-time favorites of hers, but it was cute, of course, because when is Drew Barrymore in the late 90s not cute? And I think the reason that I didn't mm -hmm. like this is this one as much as like what I said earlier, I just couldn't relate to it. And apparently I had to relate or think a guy was hot back then. <laughs> <laughs> to watch a movie. <laughs> she was an adult in this. Um, so she was coming of age in her young adulthood versus a teenager. And so I think that's why yeah, I, didn't like I mean, it as I think much. that's different. Totally. So that's why it never made the cut with the Drew Barrymore obsession. Mm, I see. For me, I always like envied people who were older than I was doing things that I wanted to do or couldn't do at the time. Uh, so I was game for watching all of that stuff, just like Indecent Proposal. <laughs> I think that's funny. I mean, I think that's how I looked at Greece. I, I always wanted to be yeah. Sandy. Oh, Sandy. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk American Pie. And no, we're not talking Don McLean, American Pie. We're talking American Pie, the movie from 1999, featuring Jim, Oz, Finch, and Kevin, who are four friends and make a pact before they graduate that they will lose their virginity. But now they've moved up the deadline to buy prom night. So what happens? I don't know, but I will in detail, really. I mean, I think you just told us of all the shenanigans that would be happening. It's basically a whole movie about them trying to get laid. And I'm <laughs> actually embarrassed that I watched this once, let alone probably the 100 times that I've seen it, <laughs> plus all the sequels. Like, it's such a good franchise. <clears throat> it's funny. It's lighthearted. And it's the extreme of so many people, right? It is. It's the extreme. And that's what's really, really great about it. It is the movie that popularized the acronym MILF. And if you don't know what that stands for, that's what Google's for. Yes, we're not going to talk about the MILFs. And who could ever forget Allison Hannigan and one time at Bandcamp? We have to play this clip because it's just so fantastic. Everyone just needs to remember American Pie. <laughs> In their May issue, Movie Line magazine released its top summer movies oh. after Star Wars. Austin Powers. American Pie. Wild Wild West. Eyes Wide Shut. Notting Hill. Which makes us Pie. ask the question, why American Pie? Okay, well, this time at band camp, I stuck a flute. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. Just wanted to say sweet dreams. Yeah, yeah. Good night, Mom. I, I think he's tried to watch some channels here. Illegal, illegal channels? This is just a bad reception. Huh? Oh. oh my god, you know, I ran into him just, uh, at a vineyard yeah. once. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah, I have a photo with him. Awkward moments. I want the right time, the right moment, the right place. It's not a space shuttle launch. <gasps> oh, I love her! She's in Russian Doll! <laughs> okay. The desperation. What exactly does it feel like? Warm apple pie. <laughs> Apple pie. <laughs> just tell your mother that uh, that uh, we ate it all. You know, guys, maybe I'm just not good with girls. Period. All that you gotta do is just ask them questions and listen to what they have to say and stuff. I don't know, man. That sounds like a lot of work. Stiffler. <laughs> oh, Stiffler. Oh my gosh, that guy is the worst. <laughs> Pictures presents. Perhaps your food helped me with my studies. If you ever had a chance with Nadia, this is it. A story about the moon. It's a crowded house. The madness. What you drinking? Scotch. Single 
mom? That's what I'm saying. What's going on here as a mom of a senior in high school? What the <laughs> hell? If you want to hook up with her, tell her you love her. That's how I was doing. Oh, Monica, the memories. Here comes a movie that someone snuck in to see in 1999, starring James Vanderbeek and, oh, Paul Walker again. Varsity Blues. And it takes place in a small town in Texas where we know football rules. And so Paul Walker's character is the star quarterback. He gets injured and then James Vanderbeek swoops in and takes his place. And it's a commentary on the pressures put on high school athletes to perform. So Monica, what do you think of this movie? Well, I've never seen it, but I'm very aware of it. And Zach and I like to quote James Vanderbeek's character a lot. And we always say to each other, I don't want your life. Because <laughs> that is what he says to his dad, who was the big high school athlete when he was a kid. And then so he's like so excited that James Vanderbeek gets to have this role that he doesn't want it. Hmm. Interesting. The thing that I remember from the movie is there's a scene with a naked girl and whipped cream on some parts. Yeah, definitely. That a lot of people like to talk about that part. So anyway, so Varsity Blues is on there. That's our commentary. And then we're coming to. Well, one of my all time favorite movies, Dazed and Confused. And I'm pretty sure I was in college before I ever saw this movie. Well, I think that the reason you probably hadn't seen it until college is because when this movie was released, it wasn't a hit and it actually didn't get big until we were in college and it became what is known as a cult classic. Yeah. It's one of the top 25 cult classics of all time. I don't remember its position, but for those of you who don't know what cult classics are, basically a movie gets a cult following and it doesn't, and it resonates usually not with everybody, but like for us, with like us Gen Xers of a certain like four or five year span even. But yeah. we just love the heck out of the movie. And it's like it has a cult following. <laughs> and I get that because I'm one of those cult members. So I love this movie. I have this movie. I quote from this movie weekly. This movie may be <laughs> one half of my personality. You know, if we're not careful, I might overtake the episode talking about this movie. But come on, I was come on. It doesn't take this movie for you to overtake an episode, please. Well, <laughs> let's just insert food and then you can take it over. <laughs> but I was a girl who drove a 69 Camaro in high school, wore bell bottoms and had an odd attachment to the 70s. So how was I not going to fall in love with this movie? Yeah, I know. It's true. Yeah. So ironically, though, I only watched it originally because people at college would not stop commenting about how. I look like that girl in Days and Confused. So I was like, well, I have to see the movie now. So once I saw the movie, I was like, ooh, is it Mila Jovovich? I was like really hoping that's who they thought it looks like. But I was like, yeah, no. Or even Parker Posey, please. No, I'm pretty sure it was the girl who played the girl that Mitch was into named Sabrina. And she was played by actress Kristen. I have no idea how to pronounce her na last name. So I'm just guessing Hino Josa. It, and I included a picture here of her. I feel like that is yeah. who they said I looks okay. like. Because same color hair. Uh, long hair brown hair. And you wore denim. Long brown hair. Yeah, and my hair was, no, not the one on the left, the one on the right. Oh, what? 
I don't know. I still don't know to this day. I mean, my wish is it would be Jody on the left because like I loved her so much. So I thought the girls were totally badass in this movie. And my favorite was Jody, the one on the left, which is Mitch's sister. And look at her outfit. She has, like you said, a denim vest with no shirt, her hair, her attitude. And I really identified with her because she did not put up a crap. Now, I know you only saw it a couple times, Monica, but uh, at any given point in this movie, I had a crush on one of the male characters, except Ben Affleck. He was Uggs. He was in this one, too. And here I thought, like, yeah, most people don't remember him because it's like before he got those like veneers over his teeth and he was like a little chubby and he was not the Ben Affleck that you knew in Goodwill Hunting or um, or your favorite movie or the one who is now engaged and married to Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) Yeah, well, now he's old, so I don't know if he counts again, but the the epitome of Ben Affleck was was a few years after this. He, you know, went on a diet, did all the things. Did he glow up? I think that this movie reminds me of another coming of age film and why some things are cult classics and some things aren't and some things resonate and some things don't. Uh, The one very interesting thing about some of the coming of age is most of the coming of age that we have talked about were our coming of age. So they were contemporary to us. And I think one of the reasons why this didn't resonate at the time it came out is because it would have been more of a nostalgic coming of age movie. Sure. So people who were teenagers in the 70s may have resonated with it. And there was a movie I loved called Inventing the Abbots, which was a coming of age film in the 90s. But it was about the 1950s, which I think while it was a good movie, I think that's why people our age don't remember it very much. Because most coming of age movies you watch because you're contemporary to them. Much like how people now start coming out with things of the 90s, I think it's it's similar. Okay, so as we continue in the nostalgic and the coming of age, we've got Clerks and Mallrats. It's so 90s, I can't even. (laughs) Both of them. I feel like it's 90s boy humor. Oh, totally. And I didn't watch either one of them until after I was married. And guess why that was? (laughs) Zach. Gotta love Zach. Yes. Uh, no, but Clerks and Mallrats, I mean, you've got flannel, you've got long hair, you've got skull caps, you've got pot oh, smoking, yeah. you've got yeah. 90s music. You just have dumb boy humor and they're, they're great. I'm sorry. They just are. I'm not going to watch them on repeat, <laughs> but yeah, at the no, time, you know, they're great one timers for me. Yeah. Singles. Okay. I wasn't allowed to watch this movie like ever um, because it came out when I was 12 and it's about <laughs> life as a 20 something and they're all doing their, you know, hookup culture thing. And no, yeah. that was not really a movie that I should have been allowed to watch nor was allowed to watch. And I had no relatability to this movie until I was older. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know that I'd let Lillian watch a coming of age 20 somethings. <laughs> Right? movie right now. Yeah. But you must have done what you always did. And you're like, oh, that's what life is going to be like now. I have. Well, to ask I mean, you. I didn't I didn't see it until I was much older. I don't know. I still don't think it resonated with me because I wasn't at that point in my life. Maybe if I watched it now, it would remind me of my late 20s. I don't know. So let's move on to Dead Poets Society. And I'm including this. It was 1989, but I'm including this because I watched it in the early 90s, like 93, maybe. And it's such a powerful movie because it has really strong 
themes, themes surrounding boys, friendship. So we've already talked about school ties with boy movies and boys coming of age and all that stuff. It also talks about hardship and suicide. So it was moving then. And I really do think it's moving now. And let's not forget Robin Williams. I only watched it one time and I do remember liking it, but it was just not one that I wanted to watch over and over. No, I would say I would say I didn't watch it over and over again, but it was very impactful when I when I watched it. Before we get into the next few, I have a few more crowdsourced movies that people snuck in to see before they should have. Uh, My friend Christine from Book Club says The Exorcist. She was seven and it was her first scary movie. Before that, it was Poltergeist and she couldn't swim in a pool for months and now she can't watch scary movies anymore, which I don't blame her. Another woman from the area says that she and a friend snuck in to see natural born killers and it scared Ooh. the crap out of her. Yeah. And, and when her parents picked her up, they knew immediately that they hadn't watched what they were supposed to. And yet someone else says saw two. Okay. So this person Ew. is obviously younger. How young are they? Yeah. Um, she said she was on a first date when she was 13. Well, there's a lot of things wrong with that statement. Yep. Saw two, first date, 13. Yep. And Yikes. she says she's a musicals and Disney kind of gal. So she was shocked and disgusted. And I do not blame her one bit. I blame the parents. <laughs> anyway, so now we come to American Beauty, which ran away with the Oscars that year. You've got Kevin mm-hmm. Spacey, Mina Suvari, and... The whole tale is like gripping and tragic and poignant. And there's, you know, that little bit of like creepiness. Not a little bit. There's a lot of creepiness. Uh, And a little bit. A lot of bit of creepiness. It's a lot lot of creepiness. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about that movie, Mon? I know you're going to be shocked, but I was unimpressed. I felt like was trying way too hard. It The creeper vibes were through the roof for me. And now that Kevin Spacey has been accused mm. of sexually harassing minors, like I just feel that that creepo vibe that I got when I watched it wasn't just the story. Like, I think it was him. Like, like he didn't have I to try too hard like to act right. Mm. Right. I just didn't like that movie for that reason. And don't get me wrong. I watched Poison Ivy y'all like when I was 14 or whatever. (laughs) So obviously the concept of older man, younger woman, I under or young, you know, adolescent person, Mm -hmm. I understand, like I can watch that and I understand artisticness, but this creeper vibe I got back in the day was just intense. Mm. I don't think I ever felt that way. I was more intrigued by how a young girl would be attracted to such an older man. I'm not because, you know, Victor Newman, he was Victor Newman. (laughs) (laughs) And then of course my true love, Sean Connery. (laughs) Right. But also who would be attracted to Kevin Spacey in general is kind of gross. Yeah. In general, not attractive. (laughs) No. So according to my source, this is a quote, we get a comparison of young and old, maturing and dematuring, or finding a balance for everything. It's a complicated film, but it highlights peer pressure so well. No matter how old we get, we can't escape it, whether it's the pressure to have sex, take drugs, or keep up with your rich neighbors down the street. So I think that's the movie in a nutshell. Yeah, I would agree that that is definitely the writer and director's 
what they were going for. And I think they did a good job of achieving that. Mm-hmm. This next movie I haven't seen. What is it? Okay. So fear, which apparently I was the only person in 1996 to watch this because every time I ask if someone's watched it other than possibly Zach, um, they have not. So this movie is starring Reese Witherspoon and Mark Wahlberg. We love them both. Hi, Mark. Yeah. So Mark plays an unhinged, obsessive psychopath in this, and they're both teenagers. If I can just put it to you this way, he gets so obsessed with Reese Witherspoon's character that he carves with a knife, Nicole forever, Nicole forever. Zach and I say that to each other often. <laughs> um, <laughs> you two are so weird. He carves that into his chest. So uh, there's a line here from IMDb. It basically says, and his adoration turns to obsession, their dream into a nightmare and her love into fear. I need to watch the trailer for this. So I'm going to share screen. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. I don't say blah, blah, blah. This is not the Mark Wahlberg that we know today is all I have to say. Rated R. Okay. So many of these coming of age movies are rated R. I feel like maybe I snuck in to see this. There's no way in hell my parents let me watch this. Oh, so young. <gasps> Alyssa Milana. Mm-hmm. Dad, meet David McCall. Pleasure to meet you, sir. Same here, David. Nicole's curfew is 12 o'clock. All right. Hello. Watch. Yeah. You remember that song and dance about David and some perfect little town back east? Something like that. Well, <laughs> Judging Amy. Family, no address, no work record. What's the big deal? Big deal, Laura, is that the guy gives me the creeps and the girl is my daughter. Oh my God, I'm so watching this. Problem with David, not mom. You have to. It's gonna stop. Tell me you need me. I need you, David. This one resonated with me in a bad way or good way or bad way, I don't know. Everybody wants. That's why they're trying to keep us apart. Disappear from my family's life. You got that? Guess who? You should have allowed nature to take its course. In the end, it will anyway. Mr. Walker, you okay? Monica, this is intense. It's very intense. (laughs) Definitely, there's no way my parents knew I was watching this, and it heavily influenced me. OMG. OMG. That's all I have to say. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 and no one's ever heard of it and i'm like what reese witherspoon mark Wahlberg? oh my goodness have you not heard of this oh wow okay so we're wrapping it up with yet another kind of twisted movie really twisted movie and that's cruel intentions what's it based on Mon? yeah it's based on a 1782 novel by some french dude which you're trying to trick me into saying his name um <laughs> dangerous liaisons yes it is and it also stars guess who reese witherspoon reese witherspoon yes <laughs> but and also- her soon-to-be husband ryan Felipe. Yes. And who who else? Buffy. Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. Who is married to Fred Prince Jr. Oh, they're so cute. Okay. Yes. So, super cute. So now that we made all the love connections of the 90s, let's talk about this. I hope in the novel, the people were a little bit older than they are in the movie. Who knows? So it was 1782. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everyone saying. did everything younger. Because they died sooner. Yeah, so I I, I doubt it. For those of you who don't know, this movie was about 
two step siblings. They live together and they went to an elite Manhattan prep school and they make a wager that Ryan Phillippe's character will deflower Reese Witherspoon's character. And there is a lot of sexual tension. And I would also say not even tension, but actual touching between these step siblings. And so the bet is that she will get his car if he doesn't deflower Reese Witherspoon. Um, But if he deflowers Reese Witherspoon, then he gets to sleep with her. So it is weirdo, disgusting. There's also another character in there who's super naive and gets taken advantage of. And it's very twisted, but it's one of those things that has a character oh, arc. And, and um, what's her face is in here? Uh, she has her own podcast now. She's got the bang. Oh, who doesn't? Her own podcast now. So that could literally be anybody who ever <laughs> did anything. Yeah, I know. True, I got true. it over here. I didn't keep her in there because I was like, she's was secondary. She, well, I mean, um, but she's kind of done a lot since then. I know. Selma Blair. Selma. Mm-hmm. But it kind of has one of those character arc things where at the end, Ryan Felipe is like, oh, I'm a good guy. He ends up getting run over by a car. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Well, you might just have to watch it if you haven't seen it. (laughs) If you're wanting to watch something twisted and dark, then just go ahead and go to Monica's uh, teenage watch list of fear and cruel intentions. We need to wrap up because you've spent your time with us and we hope you've enjoyed every second of it. If you have, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and write a review. You can also share this episode with a friend. I have some exciting things to share with our listeners, like the launch of a new podcast about parenting, featuring our good friend, parenting coach, Kristen Schmoke. Yeah, there are going to be a bunch of little mini episodes that we drop weekly right here. We also have our book club coming up. So right now, just go to our Instagram and sign up there if you wanted to be alerted when it starts. Oh my gosh. We have so many things going on, friends. This wraps it up for another episode in our nostalgia series, Movies from the 90s. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you here next week. And if you want more information on any of the clips or resources used, please go to twomonicaspodcast.com. That's with the number two. And follow our blog as well. Bye.